from the Credit Union National Association. This is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit Union people, credit union ideas. I'm Ron Jost, Senior Editor with Credit Union Magazine. Kirk Kordaleski is Chief Strategy Officer with Best Innovation Group. Some of our listeners might remember Kirk as the former CEO of Bethpage Credit Union in Bethpage, New York. In this podcast, Kirk unwraps a recent survey from Best Innovation Group that reveals credit unions, while well aware of big data's influence on competition, aren't quite sure how to forge a path strategically with the opportunities big data offers. The upshot of the survey is that the credit union industry acknowledges that it is two or three years behind their competitors' use of data as a competitive tool. And Best Innovation Group's view is that the competitors are likely to gain even more ground in the near future. In this podcast, Kirk provides plenty of ideas that listeners can use to forge their own strategic path with big data. You are currently uh, Chief Strategic Officer with Best Innovation Group. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, BIG and what you do there? I am the Chief Strategy Officer and Head of the Consulting Division uh, for Best Innovation Group, or, or BIG Consulting. Uh, our company really does uh, has two main uh, business units, and really it's, it's so powerful in the way it affects our consulting practice. The business unit uh, that creates digital and data products, uh, we have uh, the first organization in the country that was approved for uh, home banking uh, and mobile banking through the Alexa and Google Home platforms. And that creation of that product is a, is a deep dive into digital and data transformation and a connection to machine learning. And that part of the business that is uh, that produces products for that for the credit union space, as well as created the uh, innovation around uh, CU Ledger and blockchain, is tremendously supportive of what we do in the consulting side. The other side of the business is consulting. And our consulting practice is uh, exclusively for credit unions. We have literally hundreds of years of experience in, in doing the digital and data uh, from the other side of the business and the skill sets. We have uh, team members that come from really the the, the first platform in data analytics in the, in the credit union space, Baxter, uh, BCU, and as well as uh, several of us that have been in all of the main seats uh, of uh, decision makers at credit unions, so CEOs and, and CIOs and COOs, et cetera. And that combination of understanding how credit unions operate and truly how they operate from the boards on down through their cultures and understanding digital and data and technology puts us in a position to be able to advise credit unions on the digital transformation that's occurring in the marketplace. So it's those two divisions that are primary to our company, and uh, and both are excelling right now because of the digital transformation that's happening in the industry. Now, you stepped down from a very successful stint as CEO at Bethpage Credit Union. And while it seems just like yesterday, it was four years ago, but a lot has actually changed in the competitive environment since then. To your mind, what are the biggest changes that have taken place uh, in the last four years? I guess it's been since you stepped down. It's really been tremendous change, and it's one of the reasons why I'm so invigorated about what I'm doing now. I have the opportunity to connect two great passions of mine. Uh, one is, is the success of the credit union industry in growing market share. 
And two, uh, this, this idea that technology and digital data allow us to level the playing field and compete. Um, so what I've seen over the last four years is, an, is truly uh, revolutionary, I think, in our industry. And, and that begins with uh, development of you know, very new uh, credit unions, right? regional and national credit unions. And the, the spreading out of every size credit union, particularly community and multi-sec, they're going to a broader base of members uh, that are accessing them in different ways than they've ever accessed credit unions in the past. Uh, that idea of, of growth, of substantiated growth uh, through uh, new technologies and new connections to credit unions. I think if I was trying to, to put it into a capsule, I would say that, that credit unions now have, a, have the best opportunity they've probably had in their 80 years to compete because digital and data level that playing field. And if you go back to, to my uh, experiences at Beth Page, we were able to double our size every five years. Uh, we moved from $950 million to $6 billion without mergers, without access to capital, which the entire industry does have access to capital. Um, and we were able to do that in many ways through being effective and efficient in, in technology. Now, uh, that's even more so. So the, the, the second major trend besides this substantial growth in concepts of credit unions from regionals and nationals and, and uh, larger communities is that digital and data has transformed the world we compete in. Uh, that digital transformation often highlighted by, you know, the, the story of Amazon and, and Apple and, and others about the ease of use, the use of data to recommend products, the uh, one-click transaction. So that data and digital transformation is is revolutionary. Uh, we, we look at it as really the fourth generation of change, uh, of industrial change that we're facing, driven by extraordinary amount of data. Uh, that's available, and a digital interaction that is far superior uh, than um, the service we've been able to provide in the past. And why we think that's so important is it levels the playing field. Before, we had to compete on number of people and number of branches in a particular marketplace. And you, and Beth Page would be a great example of that. You, you know, we can only do so much to compete against 200 branches on Long Island of Chase or Bank of America. Today, uh, Beth Page uh, can enter Manhattan or Queens uh, with its uh, charter options and do so in a digital platform uh, that allows it to be just as aggressive, uh, just as significant, just as broad-based as those big banks or fintech companies and offer a better price, uh, which is the uh, in service level, which are the historical advantages of credit unions, having not paying uh, taxes, having... Uh, not having outside stockholders, and having a, a, an impetus, primarily an impetus, to serve uh, their owner members better than anybody else. So I think that's a, the second major trend. The third one is that, uh, and underlies it, is that data is uh, a, an incredible asset uh, that credit unions have in their own systems and in their own um, way of, of how they've handled business for years. And that asset becomes more valuable every day. Exercising that uh, asset, understanding members better, offering more effective products, using it to create efficient and effective decisioning and digital platforms really matters. And the last one I would say is there's a humongous demographic change that's happening with people of my age, my the baby boomers, retiring, who have been... Uh, 
embedded in one level of, what, of doing business in credit unions and have done, I hope, exceptional jobs over time. But now, new generations coming in, uh, folks that are, are trying to grow credit unions to the next level. And I think that demographic change, uh, powered by those other things, uh, open charters or more open charters, digital and data, uh, now allow for a, um, a new way of looking at the business and growing it that is exciting to me and, and to our firm. And I guess that's, that the last piece that matters in all that is that the competitive world is so much, is so bigger, is so much different than it was. We used to compete against uh, community banks and, and larger banks, particularly larger banks. Now we compete against all of those things who have transformed their world in, in, with digital. And at the same time, we're now competing with uh, 8,000 fintechs uh, who are attacking on payments and, and lending and, and across all operations. And big tech, uh, the Amazons of the world and, and others who are dabbling in uh, financial services. Pretty different world than four years ago. Yeah, exactly. And what brought us together here today, I guess, is a conversation we had around big data and more specifically is a study that big consulting did around big data and credit unions. And in a nutshell, you found that credit unions do indeed understand they have a, a pretty good understanding that big data is strategically important. At the same time, they readily acknowledge that they're two or three years behind their competitors in implementing big data as a competitive tool. Um, do you want to kind of unpack that for us, that study for us? Sure. This is our second study. And I think always in, in doing analytics, uh, it's that, you know, it's, it's the building up of the historical information that starts to add real insight. And in the second study, what we it became clear to us is that credit unions have awoken to this. I mean, they're, and, and I think, Ron, if you look at any of the conferences, uh, whether it's uh, uh, the main speakers or whether it's breakout sessions or whether it's entire conferences around it, everything is centered around digital and particularly now data. And you have vendors coming into the marketplace, all of this energy around how to, how to solve uh, for this problem. Um, and so in, in our surveying, we, we wanted to understand you know, where are credit unions thinking. So first of all, they've awoken to it as the industry has. Secondly, uh, while they have awoken to it, they don't have great plans. So while 60% of them have identified a strategy around data, only 35% of them have a roadmap to success. And 90% uh, have self-identified as being a year or more behind, 80% two or more years behind their competitors in the banking space or the fintech space. So if you think about that, I mean, that's we know we have a problem. We know that we have probably uh, we need to develop a strategy around it. We realize that and we want to do it, but where do we go next? And I think that's the the main question: is how do we how do the how does the industry proceed with a strategy, credit union by credit union, to perform better? Um, and I think that's really the the most uh, interesting part. Of the survey. No, in, in the survey shows that credit unions, they've made some moves in implementing big data. They've hired like a, 
like maybe a data guy in their finance area or they've they've got some kind of software, but they just haven't created that roadmap. And you just need to, you literally need to find the lay of that land. And, and they just haven't done that yet, have they? There's really so much uh, we've uncovered in our actual uh, work on uh, creating uh, data assessments and roadmaps for credit unions are the proof points that came out in the survey and the ones you've identified. So credit unions have had this, this history of being really pretty advanced in technology. Uh, they were the first ones to have centralized core systems that had uh, you know one view of the member, great data. Uh, they were the first ones to be really aggressive in online, real-time banking and then online uh, banking in, as we know it today in firms like Digital Insights and, and, and others that came along in our industry. So we, we've been there. We, we've tried to figure out how to compete with data, uh, with digital and in, in, uh, in technology over time. And now we're at, at this new spot uh, with data. What we find is, though, that uh, because there isn't a roadmap, and that roadmap isn't tied to a data strategy, that there are disparate systems. Uh, there's a database here and a database there and a database there. So there's a lending operating system that has one database. The core system has one uh, database, et cetera. And there's not a connectivity between them. And then so when you really want to deliver extraordinary digital experiences, where you have to take a loan application as an example, and you want to market out to people what is the next product that they should be thinking about because you've looked at the data and you understand truly individual segmentation. Or you they come to your, your lending platform, your digital lending platform, and you only ask them a few questions, just like SoFi or or uh, Prosper or Lending Club or Rocket. And then because you have data behind it that's connected between all these systems and it answers all the redundant questions. And then it goes in and it looks at not only the normalized data of making a loan decision, uh, the debt-to-income, FICO scores, loan-to-value kind of stuff, but also digs in underneath there and sees how they've performed at your credit union in your core system before and if they've had three auto loans that they've always paid on time. Things that a loan officer would consider, you can put that into the model and make that decision right away. Then you can communicate with them the way they want to, text or email or whatever the form is, and you can fund that account quickly and even use person-to-person payments if you need to to, to update another uh, account where they had the money. It is that level of integration that the roadmap and strategy provide that is absent in the industry today. And the ability to compete digitally is about that integration of data and all that value that we've accumulated in data because of our technology in the past now has to be brought together in a roadmap and a strategy to compete digitally today. What else is at risk for credit unions if they don't do this? Well, I I think that uh, we have always prided ourselves on on two main themes of a member value proposition, an MVP. And that is great price and extraordinary service. And the extraordinary service is what's at risk. And if you look at data that is just mind-boggling to me right now, last two years, uh, the biggest banks in the country have gotten very high rankings in brand uh, recognition. Think about just 10 years ago, what that meant in 09 and 08, when banks were at the very lowest. Uh, that kind of extraordinary review, particularly by younger populations, of, of the strength and power and the positiveness of these banks. And why did that happen? 
It happened because it was digital and data. They have provided the best mobile interface. They have provided uh, marketing that, that is targeted. They have provided a ease of use in the platform and a reaching out in a context that matters to individuals. And that brings a better brand and it brings better business. So our level of quality of service that we've always competed on is now challenged because we do not have integration of data and our digital platforms are not as fulfilling and as capable as our competitors. And that's leading to lower brand recognition, not being thought of as uh, substantial and as aggressive or as powerful or as service-oriented as fintechs and banks. And man, I mean, if these experiences happen to me. I, I travel a bit as a consultant. Uh, because of the data that's driven in fraud systems, you know, there, there's always this question about, um, you know, you're in a new place. Is this a fraudulent transaction? In many of the credit union systems, and I hear this with some, uh, with it being repeated, if you, uh, that fraud light comes on, uh, that, uh, machine learning has occurred and that transaction is identified as potentially fraudulent at this new city that you're trying to rent a car or, or get a hotel room. And your transactions cut off. The best platforms today, they will immediately text you and say, is this your transaction? Or on my iWatch, text me and let me hit one if that's a valid transaction or call if I, if it's not. The less productive platforms still use that, uh, machine learning to identify that it may be a fraud transaction, but they call me at home or they call me someplace else. That's the use of data that matters to people. And that's what extraordinary service is defined as, and that's where we're at risk of losing if we don't update our platforms. You described the period we're in here is that you called it a digital retail revolution that's fueled by massive amounts of data. And, and, I, and I think credit unions really have to understand that they're right in the middle of that revolution. And you just provided examples of what their competitors are doing. Um, and they have to really get in the mix of that, don't they? They must, because that is the expectation. Literally, 300 million plus people in the United States, 110 million of them are Amazon Prime customers. So literally, a third of the population and probably 90% of the population in some way or another are interacting in digital platforms on the web with the ubiquitous of Wi-Fi and smartphones and smart uh, tablets are interacting with digital greatness every day. And so if we're not doing that, we're going to lose our service edge. And how that is powered today is masses amount of data. So we talked about the internal data, the IT architecture and the requirements of core systems and, and connectivity of the data that is at a credit union. But as you just asked and pointed out, there's masses amount of data that are available socially in Facebook and social platforms, uh, Google Analytics and other data environments and economic environments and community environments, all of which can now be included in how you analyze and make decisions at a credit union so that they can enhance service, enhance your digital platform, but also help you make just core strategic decisions to manage risk and performance. All of that is the masses amount of data. There's literally today, uh, in essence, a Moore's Law. If you remember Moore's Law on technology, that capacity of, of uh, CPUs double every 18 months. Right now, we're going through a doubling of the data that's available 
massively across networks and within institutions, and it's doubling every two years. And so if you think about what that means in how we can use data, how we need to use some artificial intelligence and machine learning to access that data, how we have to build platforms to be able to connect to that data, uh, it really changes your thinking about it being from evolutionary to revolutionary and what we're really in in this this uh, fourth generation of the industrial revolution that we're in the middle of and that our competitors are executing on every day. So what are some lessons that credit unions can learn from organizations like Amazon or, or big uh, finance companies that are providing real-time alerts, uh, you know, via devices? Yeah, the, the first thing is, is that uh, the, that experience that's happening out there, uh, you need to just keep your fingers on the pulse of. So if, if it is, if you're using it and if and your team is using it, your members are using it, then that it has become the new standard. If you and you know, think about uh, that one click of transaction in uh, Amazon to pay, or the interaction of the next best service, all the things you talked about that we're so used to in the conversation about Amazon. But that's happening at Walmart. Uh, that's happening when you buy um, some other uh, means of a transaction. The, the fields are filled in. The the one click away from the transaction is occurring. So. You know, stay aware, stay connected, understand that what's out there is what you have to provide. That is the table stakes of how service is being provided. The second is be really analytical. Be very thoughtful about this process. You know, don't uh, this this idea of uh, and the, the classic example right now is branches. Branches are still important for new markets. They are still important for all generations to look at one place that they need to go to from time to time if they want to trust a financial institution. On the other hand, the transactions that are there, uh, particularly the teller transactions, are diminishing at, at some reports at 10% a year. This is not unlike what happened to checks. Uh, you know, we went for a generation talking about the checks would go away. Well, guess what? They've pretty much gone away. Uh, and so teller transactions are at risk. Some of the day-to-day the -day transactions are clearly at risk in branches. So look at it. Understand it. Be analytical about it. Be strategic about it, and not emotional. And you know, I think that's the second great lesson. The third is when you're looking at at digital and data, and you're you're aware of it in the market, you're considering about it and how you operate. Invest in it. You know, it is invest in skill sets. Have data and digital being at the the corporate table so that you get input. You, know, you look at organizational structures at credit unions today, and how frequently do you see a retail uh, leader being from the branch side? We need retail leaders from the digital side as well. You told me that big data is a skill set that can be shared, and, and you have always been a big collaborator. Does big have any plans to develop a collaborative model around big data? We are very excited uh, the, with a, a project that we've just been engaged on, and it is in the the West uh, that is looking at credit unions uh, to build a platform for credit unions from $100 million to a $1 billion in assets. And one of the conversations we had was about the difficulty for a, a $200, $400, $500 million credit union to have the skill sets that are can be as high up as a data scientist or at least access to, to folks that is high up as a data scientist and skills. 
And to be able to create a culture that starts to use data for decisioning requires skill set access, it requires tools, it requires people that are thinking about and testing ideas, champion challenger type of stuff. And in order to do it and be able to afford to do it, both in platforms and in skills, we think a shared services model is uh, really important. And so we we are engaged in a, in a project right now to put that together. Uh, we think that that come April first, May first time frame, there'll be uh, the first iterations of that, the first uses of it, um, and then I think it'll be built out over the next couple of years. Whether that then takes the form of other QSOs that are formed around the country to do that, or whether this QSO expands into uh, broader regions and more states, I don't know. The timing of a shared service platform is as important as in the early stages, 70s, 80s, of shared technology platforms for credit unions, and then later on, shared branches and shared ATMs. I think it's that important and will be that valuable. You recently rolled out a holistic lending service to help credit unions grow and achieve efficiencies. Can you provide me with some of the details on that? In credit union world today, uh, we we have seen the competitors come in from the marketplace lending platforms, uh, Prosper, Lending Club, SoFi, and, and certainly all the advertising around Rocket and Mortgage. But there are literally hundreds of these that, that are out there that are attacking the marketplace every day. Credit unions have a distinct advantage. They have the lowest cost of capital any place, which means that they have the ability to compete on price and lending platforms that are unique. But they do not have the broader-based, uh, indeed, the actual platform itself to do all those things that we talked about earlier and to be able to connect to the marketplace. What we're uh, advising clients on now is how to look at it holistically, how to use digital marketing to reach uh, lending, uh, potential lending consumers, how to use a platform, how to update their platforms. And they ha- and many of the platforms just need updating. They don't need completely replacing. To be able to use data to uh, make it easy to use, ask few questions, but go deep into data. And the most important part where we think credit unions are lacking the most is the understanding of how to use data to make faster decisions. We will talk to uh, fintech companies and they'll be auto-approving or denying 70% of the loans that they see. So in essence, a member applies within milliseconds, the the model runs its course, pulls a credit score, looks at the, the consumer, goes into deeper data in one form or another and makes a, a, a lending decision. And they gain that business because they've, they've, the consumer's attention is right there at that time. In credit unions, less than 20% of the loans are auto-decided. The best, the best in class credit unions are over 50%. If you think about what that means in the ability to increase loan balances, most importantly, improve the quality of service, uh, we would suggest with the right data to better manage the risk decide better on who should be and who shouldn't be. And that is, it is an integration of the standard lending decisions with more data. And that more data is really things that your loan officers do today. It is the stuff that they go back and look at the core system and say, oh, that person has had three auto loans and they've always made payments, so I'm going to approve it even though it's a gray area. And then lastly, the process behind it, making it digital end-to-end, is what we advise on, and how to automate processes that in the past 
took information from the loan system and put it into the core system or took the loan system and put it into the digital signing system. Whatever those connections are, all of that can be automated. In putting that together, increasing auto decisionings, continuing, um, increasing the connectivity between systems called robotic process automation, RPAs, doing that, you can save something around 30 to 50% of the costs of the load and improve the service. And in, by improving the service and speeding up the process, increase the loan balances. It's really a win-win-win situation. So we're working on that with some clients right now. Yeah, and it's kind of a realization of what we first talked about of how things have changed since you uh, stepped away from Bethpage. And as I said, a realization of putting all that together and achieving some competitive advantages. Absolutely. And, and you know, there are credit unions of all asset sizes are attacking this problem. Uh, but as, as you identified in, in, and we've talked about is that uh, it isn't a mass movement yet. It's a mass realization but it's not mass action and credit unions are going to have to get active to win. What do you think are the most valuable qualities for a credit union CEO moving forward? Um, not just strategically, but also from a mindset perspective, you know, how you approach every day when you walk through those credit union doors. You know, I think it's belief. Uh, I think that, that the, the most fundamental part is first of all, is this belief that our model really is different and matters. Not only philosophically that, that we really do provide a one-to-one connection between the consumer, have the ability to provide a, a better price, a better service level than others because of that connectivity, but it is a real belief that this is an extraordinary business. And that connectivity is that philosophically we believe and in the business we believe we operate like a business. I think in fundamentally the success of, that I was fortunate to have with the team at Beth Page was that we believed in that those principles that we were we were a credit union first and foremost that was our difference in the marketplace we believed in that and we operated like a business and we believed that that operating like a business fulfilled that philosophy i think even more so now is that you have to realize that this is a time of change and a time of change requires strategic change most importantly cultural change and constant learning and when, when things speed up like this, when these opportunities exist, and we think this is an opportunity of the leveling of the playing field, once in a career, certainly once in a decade, it happens because of this revolutionary aspect of it. People that win in that situation are the believers and, and thus the adapters. They adapt. They make changes. They test. They risk. They balance the legacy of what they've done and the beliefs and the philosophical of what they've done with the changes in the marketplace. And then they run the operation like a business and they serve their members. Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play.